Welcome to Shekinah International Podcast. Our ministry reflects the five-fold ministry model Apostle Paul mentions in Ephesians 4, 11, and 12. Our podcast features leaders from multiple churches who are passionate about equipping Christians just like you to walk in purity and power, fulfilling your God-given purpose. God wants to do great exploits through you, so enjoy today's podcast. It is good to be here. I am glad to be at Shekinah. Thank you for the invitation. Thank you for the opportunity to be here. I just love God. Don't you love him? Like everything already today is like already in my notes. Like he already had it all. I'm just sitting here going, what? What? That is so cruel. I could just go. Like we don't even really have to do this. But um, mostly we're just going to look at the word of God today because it is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And it's not going to return void. So we don't need to worry about my words. We got his, so we're covered. It's going to be all good. But we're going to talk about identity today. And so that's what the songs were about. That's what your words were about. Isn't that fun? Like he's already setting us up. He's so good. So good. So let's talk about that relationship with him. All right? Starts off that he's our savior. Remember that Christmas story? For today in the city of David, has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Whew. How many of you can say he's my Savior? Yeah. Isn't that a good thing to be able to say? That is so good. In First uh, Timothy 1.5, I'm just going to say the scripture and then uh, read it. If you can try and keep up if you want. If you got a phone, you might be fast or flipping the pages. It's up to you, but I'm just going to read it and go. It is a trustworthy statement deserving full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And then Paul says, among whom I am foremost of all. So that's what he came for, to save sinners. Sadly, in my life, I know so many people that did that and nothing else. They're like, oh yeah, I prayed that prayer. I'm good. Good Lord, there is so much more. (laughs) Holy cow. (laughs) Awake, O sleeper, arise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. Please stop saying that. All right. Matt, I'm just going to be loud so you're in charge of the sound thing. All right. Um, (laughs) Okay, so he, he takes these steps. He takes steps with us, okay? Um, in Revelation, I like this one. He, he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give water without cost from the spring of water of life. Those who are victorious will inherit all this. I will be their God. They will be my children. My children. Well, isn't that, that's so much better than just the Savior. He saved me. No, he's like, come in. You're my child. Doesn't that feel good? You're in family. You're not alone. I don't care who you are. I don't care what your life or who the world says is your family. God says, you're mine. You're my child. Man, that's a secure place to be. It is safe. 
It is so good. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters and all liars, they will be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. So if you don't know Jesus today and you don't want to do that, if you are cowardly, if you are unbelieving or vile or a murderer or sexually immoral, if you're practicing magic art, if you're idolater or a liar, you don't want to go to that burning lake of sulfur. So just give it up. Give your life to Jesus today. He wants to be your savior. He wants to pull you into family. All you got to do is say, I'm sorry. Please forgive my sins and turn and follow him. And then there's so much more. Guess what? He doesn't just say that. He says in 1 John, he calls me his friend. Like what? What? <laughs> You've got to be kidding me. He calls me his friend. He says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. Now this is part of this, this pain stuff you guys were talking about and all the hurts earlier. He cuts off every branch, every branch in me that bears no fruit. Ouch. You know how you cut a branch? It takes some sharp thing and a lot of pressure, and it cuts it off. You ever felt that? Everybody in the room is nodding. Yes. <laughs> While every branch that does not bear fruit, he prunes. Well, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. So if it's not work, not growing any fruit, he cuts it off. If it is bearing fruit, he cuts it off. <laughs> he doesn't just cut it off, but he prunes it. It still cuts. It still hurts. It hurts, baby. It hurts. It's right where you're supposed to be because you were doing good, because you were doing well. So he says, you know what? I can make that even grow more fruit. Oh, you wanna, we want to be more fruitful, don't we? It's just that process. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me. Also, I remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. He says again, I'm the vine, you're the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart me, apart from me, you can do nothing. Nothing. Man, we try so hard, though, sometimes, don't we? <laughs> I try quite a few things real hard. Nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, get this, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Oh my goodness. Let me just read that again. Because that should change your life. All right? If you remain in me, this is a pretty simple. If you do this, so that your part, remain in him. Okay? That's it. Remain in him. The world is going to try and pull you out all the time. If you turn on the TV, if you turn on the radio, if you go to the gas station, they're going to try and pull you out. But just remain in me and my words remain in you. So just keep those words. Just keep, just keep eating them. <laughs> Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. 
on, somebody. Jamar, where are you? This is to my father's glory. It's to my father's glory that you bear much fruit. He wants you to bear all that fruit because it's to his glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. <laughs> Verse 9, as the father has loved me, so I have loved you. He loves you. He loves you. Ah, oh, now remain in my love. Oh, we step out of that too, don't we? <laughs> Just remain there. Just stay there. Remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you'll remain in my love. Just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Now, who doesn't want some joy? Huh? Man, you guys, what the world would do for some joy. How many people do we know that just don't have any joy? It's no secret. It's right here. The book is full of it. Turn to John 15. I'm telling you, Verse 9, 10, if you keep my commands, you remain in my love, just as I've kept Father. I've told you this, verse 11, so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. Complete. Complete joy. Oh, man, it's so good. I'm just getting full just reading this right now. Aren't you just starting to burst at the seams? Oh, verse 12, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. That's our job, okay? You think you got a nine to five or whatever job. This is our job, okay? My command, his command, not his suggestion, it's his command, love one another. Now, is that easy? Sometimes. In this room, yes. When I walk out the door, not always, right? But it's our command. Love each other as I have, have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, but to lay down one's life for a friend. Whew. You are my friends. If you do what I command, are you God's friend? <laughs> He calls us his friend. Holy cow. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. He Servant doesn't know, but you know. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father I've made known to you. Everything. Jesus makes everything known to us. You just feel like you don't know something sometimes. It's, it's accessible to us. If you don't know, it's there. We just got to learn. We got to do that remain thing. Remain in him. Remain in the word. And there it is. Ooh. 
everything that I learned from my father I made known to you. You did not choose me, Uh but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last so that whatever you ask in my name, the father will give you. That's like mic drop right there. You know, I'm not going to do it because they cost money. But whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. He repeats himself. He said that a little bit earlier. He's just reminding you. This is my command. Love each other. All that, I'll give you whatever you want. Now go love each other. You're his friend. He's going to tell you everything he knows. But you know what? Like that would be like my greatest thing, right? To say that he's my friend. Oh, he didn't stop there. He does not stop there. Oh my goodness. Ephesians 5. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with the water through the word. And then this is how Christ loves. And to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. He starts to reveal this bridal thing. He wants you to be his bride. (laughs) He calls us, the church, his bride, 2 Corinthians 11, 2. I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy. I promised you to one husband, to Christ, so that I may present you as a pure virgin to him. He wants to present us to God. Revelation 19, then I heard what sounded like a great multitude, the roaring roar of rushing waters and like loud peals of thunder shouting, hallelujah, for the Lord God almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory for the wedding of the lamb has come. Woo! And his bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean was given for her to wear. He calls us his bride. Can you imagine? There's no more intimate relationship on earth than a husband and wife. God wants that relationship with us. Isn't that amazing? Sometime I'm just thinking, I'm not worthy. He says, I made you worthy. In and of myself, I am not, but he has made me worthy. Oh my goodness. You ever read Song of Solomon? Oh my goodness, like how much he loves us is just crazy. And that relationship, those two got in that book, that's him and us. That's him and you, all right? And as they grow in their relationship, I like later, it's like chapter eight or something where he calls her and they run on the mountains together. At that point, they're going and they're doing God's work together, hand in hand, running on the mountains Like, don't you want that? Don't you want that? Oh, man. It's so much fun. 
running on the mountains. And I'm like bigger. You know, I read scripture and I get taller. And I feel more powerful. And I picture the mountains smaller. Like I can really, literally just jump across one mountain on another. Like give me the Rockies, whatever. We'll just run right over the tops of them. Whew. You know, and then does it get any more? I don't know. I was reading Psalm 8. And it says, yet what honor you have given to men created only a little lower than Elohim. Crowned with glory and magnificence. We're made only just a little less than God. Do you know who you are? Do you know? Who you are. Oh, friend. I wish the church would get this. All we got to do is open the Bible (laughs) and start reading, and it will blow you away. Do you know who you are? So that's the relationship that he wants. We go from Savior to friend to bride, to a little lower than him. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so then what does he do for us, all right? Let's 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 keep going. Romans 6, 13. Do not offer any of your parts of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of of righteousness. This has been a challenge for me the last few months. I love that phrase, instrument of righteousness. Now, I play a guitar. That's my guitar right there. Um, and I thought, man, what if I were, I think I'm, I got to think of myself as a guitar. I'm an instrument. Like, am I letting God play me today? Am I making the sound today he wants to come out of my mouth? Or am I just running off at the mouth like I do sometimes? <laughs> Oh, am I saying the words he wants me to say to this person at the pump at the gas station? You know, wherever I am, the person at Walmart. We had a, we had a prayer meeting in Walmart last week. That was really fun. I ran into an old friend who had surgery and was on one of those cart things. I'm like, what are you doing in the cart? You know, and we had a good prayer meeting right there at Walmart. And then this this kid that Ainsley used to date in eighth grade comes up. He's like really tall now. And he's like, Jeanne? I'm like, Tyler? And then we had a big hug fest and all kinds of love and prayer going on at Walmart. Wherever he might take you, let him play you the way he wants to. Be his instrument. So I just wake up in the morning and say, play me, Lord. <laughs> play me however you want it to sound, you know. And the good thing is, because I'm not real good at that. I, I'm like the 10-chord wonder, you know. I, I like don't do all the hard stuff. Bar chords just hurt too much. I can't do it. But the few things I can do. But the good thing is, I'm just the instrument when it comes to him. And he can play it. He's the master player. So just, just let him play you. And it's all going to sound different. All of our things are going to sound different. And it'll be just this beautiful symphony when he's playing us all. Oh, baby, I love that. 1 Corinthians 6, 19. Do you not know that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you received from God? You're not your own. 
You're his instrument, and he put his Holy Spirit in you. All right. I used to say things like, man, I can't wait to get to heaven and hear from, like, like uh, Moses and Joshua. What was it like when the Red Sea parted, right? What was it like when, you know, all these things happened? Daniel, what was it like? When, what, you, what were you feeling when you got thrown into that pit of lions, you know? And then Justin Reed said to me, a friend said to him one day, I think those people are going to be asking us, what was it like to have the Holy Spirit in you? Oh, man, we got the Holy Spirit. We got God in us. I have Christ in me, the hope of glory. I got the Holy Spirit in me. I'm in him. He's in me. Jesus is in God. God is in him. He's in me. I got all three. Three plus me. World, you ain't got nothing. <laughs> you got nothing. You don't stand a chance. My goodness, we should be walking on water, people. I really wanted to do that when we were in Israel. I stood on the edge. We were on this boat on the Sea of Galilee, and I'm like, they're gonna, I'm going to ruin the whole tour if I step off and I don't walk on water. I almost did. I almost did. I was like, I was like this. We should be walking on water because I got the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in me. But we go out in the world and we act defeated. We act defeated. Next time, you and I are walking on the water. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh. That was the thing, you know. Yeah, he did ask him, if that's you, if that's you, call me and I'll come. All right, so where was I? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Whew. Okay, I think we're over here. Yeah, there we are. All right, listen to this. You don't think he loves you? Psalm 139. 13, you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. My grandma used to knit. You know anybody that knits? I mean, they're sitting. Do you knit? Awesome. I mean, I watch you people. I am not a detailed person. It's just like, man. I, made, I, I had to knit in eighth grade. Back in the day, they used to make girls take home ec and boys take shop. Made me so mad. They were making such cool stuff across the hall. So, we, well, we're just going to make a, a, a scarf. I mean, how hard can that be, right? So I made this red scarf, and it goes like this. It's like you got to count, apparently, and I'd just be talking, and I'd lose count. And I'm like, this is a little bit ridiculous. Uh, I should have saved it. Saved it. It probably would be cool now, like artsy or something. I wasn't smart enough to think it was artsy back then. Oh, but, he, but God, he doesn't lose count. He knits you together in your mother's womb. You are just like how he wanted you to be. Just how he wanted you to be. Oh, my goodness, because he doesn't make mistakes. You are fearfully and wonderfully. I, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. 
Your works are wonderful. God, your works are wonderful. Even T back there, you made her, and she is wonderful. That's my friend T back there. Wave T. She hates being called out. There we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in that secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. Oh, I don't want to get going on the whole abortion thing, but man, this scripture, like, it's like, how can you say that's not a person? God is working really hard right there. He's doing it. He's putting you together. It's all right there. All the days ordained for me were written in a book before one of them ever came to be. All the days <laughs> ordained for me were written in a book before one of them ever came to be. Does he know? Does he know you? He knows before you ever came. It's all done. It's all written in a book. It'd be fun to sit down and read it, you know, or not. <laughs> Later. <laughs> we can just skip some chapters. <laughs> we'll just skip a few chapters in there. You know what I mean? It's all been redeemed, though. Thank you, Father. All right. All right. How precious are your thoughts toward me, God? How vast is the sum of them? If I were to count them, they would outnumber the grains of the sand. He's thinking about you that much. How much are the grains of the sand? I don't even know how many there are. I mean, I go to Lake Michigan and I think, look at all the sand. Like he thinks about me more than this. But that goes all the way up the lake shore and down and all over the oceans of all the world, <laughs> you know. And then it's under the sea that we can't even see. And then there's the deserts. Don't even get me started on the deserts. Sand, sand, sand. He's thinking about you all the time. He never stops thinking about you. He loves you. <coughs> oh, goodness. Are you ready? You don't need the world's validation. You're already validated. He validated you. You do not need the world's validation. All right? How long does this usually go? All right. I got a few more pages. Because where do you stop? All right. Romans 8. Therefore now, there is no condemnation. <laughs> For me, because I'm in Christ Jesus. <laughs> because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Yeah, for, the, for what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be met in us who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. He gives life to set you free. If you are not free, Jesus has brought you life. It's come. It's there. It's right there. Just turn around. It's right there. Don't live according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on the thing, on fleshly desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. Oh, the mind governed by the flesh is death. Man, we see that all over, don't we? Just turn on the TV. It's on every show. It's on the news. They broadcast about it every night. 
All right? Their, their mind is on flesh and it's death. But the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. I like life and peace. That's what I want. I want to keep my mind on the spirit. Okay? Whew. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. Ooh, we see that too, don't we? It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who, in the, who remain in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but you are in the realm of the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. If, but if Christ is in you, then even your body is subject to death because of sin. The spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who, get this, Jesus raised, who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Okay, did you get that? The same Spirit that raised God from the dead. You ever see a dead person come to life? Has anybody ever done that? Have you done that once? Okay. Wow. What is it like when you see someone come from death to life? Joyful bliss. Thankfulness. Humbling. Yeah. Whew. We have that same power in us. Oh my goodness, that gets me so jacked up every time. Every time. We have that, that kind of life at work in our bodies. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have no obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For, it is, it is, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the mindsets, the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For if you are led by the Spirit of God, if you are led by the Spirit of God, are the children of God. For those who are led, there we go. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. That's, that's how you know who somebody is. You just watch, right? You just look, you watch for the fruit. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear. Again, rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. By whom we cry, Abba, Father, Daddy. Oh, it's that family relationship again. It's so good. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Back to that again. We, now, if we are children, then we are heirs of God. We are heirs of God. Co-heirs with Christ co-heirs with Christ. <laughs> That's insane. Co-heirs with Christ? Oh my good. If indeed we share this in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. Yeah, we're going to have to share in some of the sufferings, all right? But I'm telling you we're a co-heir with Jesus. Everything God has, we inherit it all with Jesus. You have no idea how powerful I am. <laughs> I mean, everything I got, everything you got, 
We got it. It's all ours. All of it. Isn't that just crazy? I consider, okay, I had to, this next verse. There was this kid in my youth group in the Chicago area who had muscular dystrophy. And uh, he walked real funny, you know, just a real hard gait and one arm didn't come around. Right? It was real difficult for him to move around. And he was 16, and as, when he turned 16, all the other boys in the youth group were getting their driver's license. And I went up to him, and I said, hey, Bobby, you're going to be able to get a driver's license. He said, are you kidding me? <laughs> no, they're never going to let me drive a car. And I said, how are you handling that? You seem to be handling that pretty well. And he said, well, I consider that my present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in me. That's what that kid said to me. A 16-year-old boy said that to me. His parents were missionaries in Uruguay. They sent him to do a few years of high school with some friends in the States so he'd be ready for college and in our, in our culture. Man, <laughs> that same kid is now a missionary back in Uruguay. He takes a taxi everywhere he goes because he can't drive. But it has not slowed him down. Because he knows he's got it right. His present suffering is not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in him. Isn't that good? We all need to be able to say that some days. We all need to be able to say that some days. For the creation, listen to this now. Are you ready? Because now it gets real. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. Are you, are you ready, children of God? All creation is waiting for us to be, it's groaning. Yes, please, somebody. For creation was subject to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it. God subjected it. In hope that, this is the hope, that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. I don't think I ever really got that until I was studying about this. The whole creation is waiting for us to come because apparently we have the power to pull it out of that decay. Isn't that insane? The whole creation will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into freedom, the freedom and the glory of the children of God. <laughs> Say it. <laughs> I got the power. That's what Laura was saying. You do. You do. Do you see the creation groaning around you? Do you see people groaning around you they are groaning waiting hoping that somebody has got an answer you have the answer you have the holy spirit we are the children of god are we living like it are we acting like it i read this stuff and i get so filled up and then i'm saying what am i doing with it what are we doing with it are we living like this? I have to read this every day or I forget. I'm writing a song titled, Things I Forget to Remember. 
It's like I should just sing these six pages over and over and over again to remind myself of who I am. Right? Yeah. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of birth pains right up to this present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the, are the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship and the redemption of our bodies. That's going to be fun, isn't it? Whew. For in this hope we were saved. But is hope that we that we seen is no hope at all. For hope that we what for who hopes for what they already have, but we hope for for that day to come, right? For Christ. In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Oh, hallelujah. How many people got weaknesses? Oh, just me? All right. Okay. You know what? So I just decided this week, I'm just going to write them all down, right? We talked about this at AP. And I just went home and I just said, all right, there you go. This is it. Because the Spirit is going to help me in my weakness. Hallelujah. You know what? Years ago, I had this revelation that, hey, you made me. <laughs> it's your fault. You know? Like, it's not, now, that's not the right way of saying it. That's not the right way of saying it. But... I mean, it's no surprise to God, right? Because he made me. It's no shock to him. So here's the list. You already know. So God, help me in my weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for. <laughs> do you ever feel like that? Yes. We don't know what we ought to pray for. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. Thank you, Holy Spirit, when we don't even know how to pray, all right, he's doing it for us. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Man, you know what? We should just be saying, you can't touch this. <laughs> the Holy Spirit. Spirit is interceding for me. I don't even have to know anything, right? Except him crucified. Like, he's just going to lead me. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you. And we know that all, in all things that God works for the good to those who love him, to those who have been called according to his purpose. I am so thankful we have that kind of a God because some days I'm just thinking, I don't know how this is going to work out. You know, but I serve a God who takes all things and works them for my good. They may not be good things, but he will work them for my good. He's not going to leave me hanging. He's not going to leave you hanging. I don't care what it is. He's, he's trustworthy. He's trustworthy. All right? For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. He made us in the image of his son? Oh, my goodness. Do you know who you are? You've been made in the image of his son. Yes, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, you, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also 
glorified. <laughs> so like you should, there's like all this glory coming off of you, right? I see it. I see it. I can hardly stand in your presence. It is so beautiful and so powerful. What then shall we say in response to these things? I love this. This is some of my favorite scripture. What then shall we say? If God is for us, who can be against us? Goodness, go, do it. Whatever he said. If God is for you, who can be against you? Oh, my goodness. He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, according along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Then, when, who then is the one who condemns? No one. That's what it says, no one. Christ Jesus, who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God, also interceding for us. We got the Holy Spirit, we got the Son of God sitting next to God, interceding for us. It's a slam dunk, you guys. Like, we got nothing to worry about. Just go. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? For your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep being led to a slaughter. That's what it's written. But he says, no, in all things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. We are more than conquerors. Has God given you anything hard to do? <laughs> Let me tell you, you're not going to just conquer it. No, because that would be too simple. You are going to more than conquer it. More than. Okay, so four and a half years ago, God told me to buy the 15 acres across the street from the Flying J truck stop on Grand River, right up there. And I put up business that would be ministry to truck drivers and the community at large. So that felt like a little bit hard. <laughs> a big, a pretty big thing. And so I'm just like praying. And over the next months of praying, he would just, he kept saying, put a, put a trucker's chapel in there, slash house of prayer. Put a restaurant in there. Put a, put a coffee shop in there. Put a secondhand store in there, let people from the community come and sell their stuff in there. Um, he just kept pouring out all the things that he wanted. Don't just don't just hire like a Christian who knows how to like be a manager, but hire a, a mentor, people who will love their people they're they're working for them and love them as people and know them and encourage them and build them up in their faith so that we can together minister to the people from the world who come in. If you read about truck driving, it says it's the loneliest profession. God says, I put the lonely in families. Hey, that's our family. Okay, we got family. We are family. Like it or not, my sister Laura, we are family. <laughs> All right? 
We are family, and we're supposed to have a place for people. And so we're going to make a place where they can come in, you know. And the more I think about it, you know, um, I've been saying, God, I need people, and I need dollars. <laughs> and so uh, God has brought along that guy back there, Scott, who's been walking along with me in this for a little bit now. And this other lady, friend of ours, Jan Seeger, I don't know if you know her, but she's, she says, Deanne, I got to talk to you. I had a dream. Really? What was your dream? She said, I was preaching out in front of the Flying J truck stop. I'm like, really? She goes, yeah, you were right next to me. And then we started laying hands on people, and they started coming to Jesus, and they started being healed. And then there were some more people, and then there were more people, and then there were crowds. And we were moving through the crowds, laying hands on people. People were coming to Jesus. People were being healed. <laughs> so she's stuck with me now. You know, so the three of us are starting to take some steps. God said, call Chris, Chris Watterson. Well, I need somebody that knows something about business because I don't have a business bone in my body and I don't care. You know, because that's not who God made me to be, so I don't need to worry about that. And so fortunately, he's bringing some other people around me to advise me and to help me. And so he also uh, hooked me up with the Kings group over at Mount Hope Church. They got a Kings group, a small group. For businessmen and entrepreneurs, they're trying to raise up businessmen and entrepreneurs for the kingdom. I'm like, awesome. So I go to some of their meetings, and they, they're all excited, and they're giving me their business cards, you know. And so now I got people that know what they're talking about can advise me on some things. And so they're telling me, like, how to finance this thing. And I just go home, and I'm like, God, I don't want to do that. You helped me start four ministries, and we've never gone in debt I don't want to be $10 million in debt. That's probably what it's going to take. I don't want to be $10 million in debt before we open the doors. So I just kept praying into that. A couple days later, he said, start a GoFundMe page. Ask everybody you know for $10. <laughs> That's not a lot of money. Ask everybody you don't know for a dollar. Well, there's 7.8 billion people in the world, and I don't even need that much money. You know, if they all just give me a dollar, it's way more than what I need. So it's all in how you look at it, right? <laughs> right? So I used to think it was going to be hard, but three people have prophesied it's going to be easy. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, I'll start a GoFundMe page. Oh, wait a minute. They're going to ask me for my bank account. I don't want to go into my personal account because I don't want to be taxed and all that. So I need, I need a business account. So, all right, well, I'm out later. I'll get a business account. Then I can start my GoFundMe page. So I pull up to the bank and I'm thinking, oh, shoot. They're going to ask me the name. <laughs> I got no name yet. Um, and probably like a tax ID number or something. So I'm sitting there in the car like doing this. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm just going to go in anyway. So I go into the bank and the lady's like, you know, they, they're still doing the mask and greeting you at the door and what's your business. And she goes, just a minute, let me talk to the branch manager. So she says, he has a meeting in 10 minutes, but he would like to meet you. So I go into this side room, the branch manager, and I'm telling him my story. And I'm using all the God talk, right? God told me to do this and we're going to minister to people and blah, blah, blah. He gets all excited about it. He says, you're right. You need a name. You need a tax ID number. But he said, I can just pull my, my computer up right here, and we can apply for that right now. It only takes a few minutes. And uh, once, once the name's accepted by the government, then I can pull up uh, the IRS website, and we get you an EIN number, and you're good to go. We can start to get you an account. I'm like, 
people prophesied it was going to be easy. Like that, all that stuff, when I hear about that, that sounds so overwhelming. It's going to take me months to figure out even what to do, right? No, I just walked into the bank, and they took care of it. And so we started, we got a name. My first name was, um, was uh, not accepted. So the second one. So Stephanie and I were talking on the way to South Dakota for, <laughs> for 25 hours, one way. <laughs> 20 hours, one way. And uh, so the, the name is Great Lakes Business Tree. I want to have a Michigan name, and, I, and it's going to be business as ministry. So business tree. And I thought I had coined a new term, but Stephanie said they thought of it in 2012 when they were... <laughs> So I just assumed the Holy Spirit was just getting it ready for me. <laughs> Same Holy Spirit. Yeah. So, you know, I can start to think this is too hard, too big. Um, but when I read scripture, I'm just like, there's nothing my God can't do. And this is not my idea. It's his idea. So it's going to happen. You know, and Scott's like, well, Deanne, you need to, like, write down, like, what's the purpose of this thing? And I've been thinking about that. And I think it's to create an amusement park for all the gifts. It's it's an amusement park for the fivefold ministry. It is. It's a place where prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers come and just have a ball. Because there's all these people that are going to come in. If we're all working together, you could call it an apostolic center. But I'm going to call it an amusement park for the gifts. Thank you. I got $10. Yes. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Hallelujah. I got more than $10. Again, thank you, sisters. That is beautiful. So I tell you all of this to, I am a money magnet. Deanne Moore said that to me. I'm a money magnet. Thank you. More. Look at that. The denominations keep getting bigger. Hallelujah. Thank you. So you can give me cash in hand or you can get on the GoFundMe page. But you know what? Share it with your friends. Okay, so it's called, in the GoFundMe, it's Deanne's Truck Stop Ministry. Um, so D-E capital A-N-N apostrophe S, Deanne's Truck Stop Ministry. So um, that's going to be fun to watch God do that. And, and, and he doesn't want to do it like how the world has always done it. He doesn't want to do ministry. To me, this is what the church is, right? We're coming together as a body outside the church, creating a place where we can use all the gifts. We can, we can make disciples. We can have people come to know Jesus. We can send them out. I had a dream one night, and he, God showed me a map of the United States. It was all dark, and there was one bright gold star right there at that truck stop ministry, and then there were gold arrows going out in every direction. So as they come to know the Lord, they're going to go and take it everywhere they go. So sometimes when I'm thinking small, somebody says, well, then you'll have to multiply it all around the nation. <laughs> oh, Okay. Well, let's get this one going first, you know, but then, yeah, so those guys, they need family everywhere they go, some teaching, some encouragement, somebody to sit with them and have dinner and talk about the things of the Lord, to hear about what's going on in their life and to minister to them, to pray for them, to cast out demons, whatever you need to do, church, you are ready. You have everything you need. My question in all this today is, do you know who you are? 
he's not just talking to me. All of us have a role. You know, God created the earth. He sent Jesus. We've been redeemed. He's coming back. And their time is short. So what do you have to do? What he's called me to do is not the same thing he's called you to do. So don't be excited about this. Be excited what he's put in you. Okay? Now, you might want to come and play at my amusement park. You can come. Come and play with me because it's going to be fun. It might be hard work too, but it's going to be awesome. Okay? And I welcome you to come and be a part of it. But also, he's telling some others in the room some other things because he's got a lot he wants to do here in the world. Okay? So if you don't know what that is, remain in him. Remain in the word, and he's going to start speaking to you about it. Okay? Amen. Thank you for listening today. Take a moment and ask Holy Spirit what he wants you to do with what you've learned. And remember, with God, all things are possible. So keep dreaming, keep praying, and simply obey. Because God is good, and he has good plans for you. You can subscribe to our blogs, learn about our speakers, and even hear from one of our team members how you can take part in transforming a city, your city with Christ. There's no time like the present. Visit ShekinahOnline.com. If this doesn't excite you, watch for our new and God-inspired product line, a newly released book by Stephanie Butler, more testimonies from our listeners like you, working to bring unity in cities across the world. If you feel led to support our podcast, you may do so on our Shekinah.com website. Or if you would like to support us monthly, there is a link labeled Listener Support on every podcast. Until next time, we thank you, we love you, have a blessed day.